Hey guys, welcome back to the Moms Talk Autism podcast. Today we are talking all things siblings, sibling rivalry, sibling love, sibling advocacy. So stick with us. We'll be back. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So let's chat siblings. Let's chat neurotypical and neurodivergent kiddos. Um, I think a lot of you out there have have that dynamic at home. Um, each of us certainly does, and we um, have all the things to say about it. I certainly do. Um, so I kind of want to start us off by just talking a little bit about each of our dynamic, just very, very quickly, because most of you out there know our um, our situation, you know our stories. Um, but just a, a just a quick little reminder: uh, Jean and I, Jean, 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 what? Oh, okay, <laughs> making sure you were. <laughs> Alive over there. I'm um, like, I'm listening. What's your, Jean, what's your Jean problem? And I have, <laughs> what's your question? Jean and I have almost an identical situation where um, we both have uh, neurodivergent eight-year-olds, boys, and then we have our uh, neurotypical girls who are older kids, six. You're like, how old is this? <laughs> <laughs> did that just happen? It did. It did. It, um, it happened. And it's recorded. Okay. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, Sloan oh. and McKenna, you girls get the so short end of the stick. Girls. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Um, anyway, so so and then and then Brittany and um Shan, they both have situations where they have older children and and then younger kids. So um yeah, I just I wanna share what 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 is it like for you guys with with having that dynamic? What is it like to have that I don't want to say this the scales of okay. of um having to balance <laughs> balance <laughs> having to balance you know how you parent how you parent differently you know to each child as just who they are as a person but then you know putting in the typical and the divergent portion of it um without having guilt I guess is you know um Oh, we don't. I, I, I know. When you we don't that out, right? let me know. <laughs> okay, so what are what are what are some of the things I guess that you've done to um, to to make those situations a little bit better? You know, like a, a perfect example is we just had Jack's autism birthday, right? I mean, it's something that we've always mm -hmm. celebrated because it's we, because we want to celebrate, you know, things about um, about his autism and. Um, you know, how incredible he is and how much it's changed our family, all of those things. But, you know, there's that level of Sloan being six years old and not understanding, well, well, why does Jack have 
you know, two two mm-hmm. birthday parties? Why 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 are special things always happening for him, or why are we always having to make room for him? Um, and yeah. that room isn't necessarily made for me, you know. Um, yeah. So well, and I I think too though, like because we do have kids that are older. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Britt, they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a maturity about them, right? right? Like, I think your guys' situation is probably, I mean, I don't want to say it's harder because it's just different, but, you know, your younger kids are neurotypical. And so they're having to understand something that is at a maturity level above where they are currently at, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas, you know, with with Maya, she's 16 and Gracie's six and a half. (laughs) So while it's not always fair to Maya... Maya can understand why things have to be the way that they are, right? Um, and I mean, Brittany, you know, I think probably the same for you with Scott, right? Like, it's not always, they don't always love it, but right. they at least yeah. are at the maturity level where they can understand why right. the differences are there. Yeah, my dynamic is I've got typical autism, typical autism. Mm-hmm. We just like to alternate Quite in our that house. pattern there. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've got my almost, you guys, he's going to be 18. Oh, uh, oh let's like, not talk about it. Can't talk about this. We're all going to cry. We're all yeah. going to cry. I can't. I can't. So okay, I've got an almost like legal adult. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Austin's 15. He'll be 16 this year. Mm. Tyler is 14. And Ruby is 8. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my lineup. Mm-hmm. So my lineup. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I would I, like to line them all up sometimes. And- <laughs> Who did this? One of you did this. <laughs> and and then for you, Brittany, like you said, it's that you know typical divergent, typical divergent. So it's it's yeah. um you know figuring out how to just I don't even know how I'm trying to you know get this out, but like have you know. The boys, well, especially like Tyler, he's like right in the middle of it, you know what I mean, where he has to yeah. be beyond his, you know, but some, then Ruby sometimes too, because Austin and Ruby. Ruby has to accommodate Austin. Are so yeah. vastly different, you know, in in their yeah. in their traits. Um, yeah. So I just, um, how, how do you, Jean, what do you, what do you think is the biggest thing, you know, that you see between the two of them of, um finding that like that balance of of McKenna still being able to be younger and 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 you know that that spotlight not be constantly taken from her or accommodations constantly having to be made because of Rory there's um there's areas where recently that's improved Mm -hmm. um where it doesn't seem like there's too much of an impediment for her um but on the other hand, what I'm seeing, and I know that this is going to have to change and I would like for it to change sooner than later, but, you know, she's, she's not involved in any after school activities during the week because we have therapy at home mm-hmm. and I just don't have the capacity to do that. And right now, I feel like I can rationalize it because she's six and not a teenager. But as we approach those years, I mean, she's, she asks now we could have even like got by with making the excuse of like, well, it's COVID. So you're not doing that right now. Well, now it's like, I, I just one there's another financial thing. So, so one of the things that she gets that's different 
you know, and like her thing, I do try to carve out the things that are just for her, you know, like, um, and give her that time. And so she, Rory doesn't want the ranch anymore, but McKenna still does. And that's her thing. Um, and I do like, I took her on like a day date, um, Mm -hmm. last month or whatever. And that was like really, really sweet and really nice. Um, so there's like those opportunities, but I do feel like she sometimes grows tired of being said like, oh, we can't do that today because Rory has therapy or we need to get home because Rory has therapy. Um, I, I think she's kind of, it's her normal, but I do think there's times, especially as she gets older and her peers are doing certain things. She's like, well, I want to go do what my peers are doing. Right. Um, or like, has she asked to play a sport or she wants to get into, you know, dance or something right, right. like she, that? And you're she ha- wants to go back to dance. She was in dance. Right. Um, before, she wants like to go COVID. back to dance. Yeah. And it, cause it was kind of easy to easier to manage because some of the schools offered those extracurricular enrichments inside of their day preschool curriculum. So I also didn't have, she got the opportunity to participate in those things without the ad- additional encumberment of like just or encumber yeah like that requirements of logistics and driving somewhere or picking mm-hmm. her up and dropping her off and but there just was a lot of shuffling around for a long time with with the schedules and ha- having that in the balance but it just right now I just don't see that working but summer's about to come up I mm-hmm. yeah she wants to do dance again she wants to do gymnastics you know, if it was up to her, she'd probably have something every different night of the week. But <laughs> even without, even like if there was no autism or requirement for therapy for my son, I'd be like, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I use it to my own advantage <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> I don't really want to be doing all of those things. But at the same time, I do know that for her, she's, she is requires high level social engagement. She needs those things. And I do think she, you know, she's a fine arts kind of girl. She's going to be an athletic too, but she's going to be wanting to do the bunch of different after school activities. And and so there's going to be that's going to be a harder time when it's, yeah, yeah. Well, but I'm hoping that Rory's, I'm hoping Rory's again, like what feel like we're scaling back on some of the therapies and stuff, but that's where it kind of, where I do feel like she has other obligations because she's had to be so involved in his therapy. In his it's, therapy. It's, help, mm-hmm. it's helped him though. Like she's been a peer model in, in many of these scenarios where it's very, very helpful um, mm-hmm. to him and his development. So she's been instrumental. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's, for, she's that like in where, this- where he is. Yeah. Yeah. She's that, she's like in the school district, like that peer example where he's, he's seen those, behaviors, not always necessarily good ones, but where right, he can... Right, but she, she gets to do it with him. Like, they get to right. do things together, and she can model it. Like, she's his... I mean, they are best friends. They have a good relationship, mm-hmm. um, but it is hard. I don't really... I don't know that I had a perfect... It changes, like I, like I was saying, like, it the... And it's going to change again, um, mm. their dynamic, 
as they get older, like it just doesn't stay this way. So. Right. Right. I know. And so that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, you know, Brittany and Shannon, it's so different with, you know, with the older, with the older kids. And, and, um, I love how, you know, patient, you know, Maya and, and Tyler and Scott are, but that's also wearing on the two of the, or the two of them, the three of them, you know? Um, so, so what does that look like for you guys? You know, they're, they're old enough now to where you can have those conversations. They clearly understand what autism even it, you know, is where, where mm-hmm. McKenna and Sloan were still trying to like navigate how to explain it to them. You know, they see it firsthand, but it's still really helping them understand. What do you, what do you think that that's like for, for the older kids? Do they share with you guys what their feelings are around it, what their emotions are? You know, Brittany having Austin with, you know, some higher needs, um, having some of the situations you guys have had where, um, you've been in public spaces and it's been, you know, extreme traumatic situations. Yeah. What, what, what do you, you know, I, I mean, I don't want you to talk for the boys or about them if you, if you don't want right. to, or same thing with Maya, but yeah. you know, maybe explain that a little bit to what you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to speak for the boys too much. I will share my observations, mm-hmm. but this isn't necessarily what Scott and Tyler feeling. think. Mm-hmm. And and no, I would love to maybe have them on someday if they're willing um, to talk about it. But um, yeah, it. I do worry about their relationships with their siblings. Now, it's very different. Scott and Tyler's relationship with Austin is very, very different than Ruby's. Um, mm. e- even if all four of my children were neurotypical, that would be the case because not only are the three boys kind of clumped together age wise and Austin sandwiched in between Scott and Tyler, but Ruby is a girl and significantly younger than mm-hmm. the three of them. So it's just a different dynamic. I have in my family, I have my, bro- I'm the oldest and then I have a brother that's just a, a couple years younger than me, three, three and a half years younger than me. And we grew up together. We had bunk beds. We mm-hmm. played together. We were in elementary school together for a while, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then when I was 13, my youngest brother was born. And my relationship with my youngest brother is significantly different than mm-hmm. my my other brother. And it's just, it's an age thing, right? Um, I left the house to go to college when he was seven years old, mm. you know? It's just, yeah. it's just what it is. And and Rob, I love you. He listens to the podcast. <laughs> uh, but, you know, poor Rob, he had two mamas. He had his mom and, and then he had mom his, Brittany. his teen mom. <laughs> his <laughs> that teen was me. Mom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, uh, we so raised please, him together. She did not have... A t- she was not a teen. No, no, no. Kids. They know what I mean. He's my brother. <laughs> Do they? He's my brother. So they're like, who's my teen mom? Who's the teen mom on the mom- mom's talk autism group? <laughs> but I'm like the only babysitter he ever had, right? Yes. Like, she, my mom had a built-in babysitter. babysitter. Yeah. With me. Yeah. yeah. I was a built-in. And all that kind of I stuff. was a built-in babysitter mm-hmm. too. My brother Same. was. Like, Same. I was t- sorry. I was 10 when he was born. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. And uh, we have a great relationship, but it's just different, right? So anyway, um, it is it is different for Scott and Ty, depending on which which sibling they are interacting with. Mm-hmm. Um, with Austin, it, Austin does not seek out interaction mm-hmm. from his siblings very often. 
Uh, it is very rare for him to do so. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't explain the, all the reasons why because I don't know all that Austin is feeling and understanding and, right. and comprehending. Um, he does seek out, you know, play interactions at times, but for the most part, he kind of he kind of keeps away. I think he. <laughs> this is just my observation again, but I think he he tolerates Ruby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he finds her. He finds her to be maybe maybe like an annoying like little kitten. <laughs> yeah, a little little pet. She, <laughs> well, she's because she's like a little she's fairy. Swatter kind of away, flittering all so around cute. the house, yeah. and you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's adorable, but she's loud, and she's yeah, she's no, but she has she's a sweet little voice. She's yeah, a sweet little voice, little voice, and she she'll come over and like hug him or scratch his head or hand him something, and he's just like, all right, yeah. <laughs> know what it Get reminds with me, you, child? Of? It reminds me. <laughs> yes. Did you guys ever watch the cartoon Animaniacs? Oh yes, yes, love that show and the and the girl animaniac or whatever. And she Yakko, like, Wacko, and Dot. She was like Dot. I was like, okay, pretty lady, I love you. Bye bye. That's like Ruby. Yeah, it reminds me of Ruby. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Hey, pretty lady, Ruby I love you. Ruby is Dot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like when you you're guys- talking about that, like that's what it's making me think of. <laughs> I love that show so much. We'll have to have a t- conversation. <laughs> I have about no that idea later. what this show is. <laughs> Oh, I have so many things to introduce you to. That's a first. So much. Listen, I think it's because I was a well-behaved latchkey kid and I came home and I watched afternoon cartoons. It was after after school cartoons. Oh my gosh. I was a latchkey kid and I came home and watched MTV. So you remember. I I I was going to say that's what I did. Well, I did watch MTV until my stepdad blocked it for a long time and I wasn't able to watch it. Oh my gosh, you girls. Not, we don't yeah, have we That's a whole other Anyways, episode. Brittany. Okay. <laughs> Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. So, uh, yeah. They, R- Ruby is tolerated by Austin. He mm-hmm. he will give her a hug or a kiss at times. But for the most part, she's just kind of annoying. <laughs> and I think any 15-year-old boy who has an 8-year-old sister yes. probably feels somewhat similar. Yeah, That's fine. Um, Ruby loves everyone and anyone, and she loves to interact with the boys. And Scott and Tyler have a different relationship with her because they probably don't see her as a peer, right? Right. They see her more as a significantly younger sibling Mm -hmm. um, who they can, you know, accommodate or play with at times. Mm -hmm. She's not interested in the same things there are. There's no competition with Ruby. Mm -hmm. There's no um, vying for attention. She's she's younger and she's not interested in the same things as I am. And so it's more of a, a paternal relationship in, in, in a sense, an older brother relationship that where they take care of her. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a lot of helping her, you know, get her a snack or helping her with a game or whatever it is, or, yes. or actually babysitting her. Like they can are I borrow in charge them? of her. You're actually, you you're, can. you're selling them. Like you're selling yeah. them here where it's like, they, they do what they get her snacks. If I just had somebody that was in charge <laughs> of being Jean, the Jean, you need a no pair. Yeah. A lot of things. That I mean, sounds so a fancy. lot of things. That's the thing that's going to happen with Sloan and McKenna though, as they get a little bit older is they are going to care for their older brothers. Well, in, and in we some already ways. They will. we already see that you know a little bit of that dynamic right now. For sh- I, I right, yeah. Jane, don't you think? I did for a long time. Like we used to actually actually have to tell McKenna to like 
stop helping him and let him do things. Yeah. Right. Um, Cause she would like mom him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she would like over mom him for a little bit, but it's actually, he's protective of her too. Mm -hmm. Um, and he has learned to do things on his own, like get, get a lot of his own snacks, like, and to get drinks and stuff like that, where he doesn't necessarily need her. He, and he can do it for Abigail Rory. Can you get McKenna? Uh, mm-hmm. blah 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 and then he'll go and get them I'm like oh my god this is amazing right that's wonderful um mm-hmm. that's not all the time because it's like if I, if you really want to know I could like probably make a windsock out of the fruit roll-up wrappers that Rory drops all over the house like you know he gets them but then he doesn't pick them up you know what I'm saying sure um but yeah there is a momming thing that happens for sure we do experience that yeah. And that's just another phase, like whatever phase that you're in right now, listener, like just know that it will change with that sibling mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. As my boys have gotten older, they mm-hmm. do, they have, they can take on a lot more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Something that my boys have really had to do. That's, that's just like everything in life. It's a mixed bag, right? It's not all positive and it's not all negative is they've had to grow up faster. Right. They've had to learn how to take care of themselves at a much, maybe not a much younger age, but I would consider it younger than most of their typical peers Mm -hmm. around them. They've learned how to make meals for themselves or, you know, take care of those basic, you know, life skills at a younger age um, because I have not been available to do those things for them. And it becomes to the point where it's like, okay, you need, I need to teach you how to, how to do this so you can take care of it yourself and not have to wait for me because mm-hmm. we're having a meltdown right now mm-hmm. with Austin or blah, 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 blah. So it's a lot of that. Um, Wh- my which boys, is hard, but oh. at the end, the same turn, Brittany, it's a really great skill too, because I think that's what our society is lacking is that, mm-hmm. you know, right. a lot of teenagers are leaving the household and they can't do anything. They can't do right. anything for themselves. So mm-hmm. there is a, yes, a positive and negative to it, but more positive. It I is. Like. It, it is a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, you guys, I just have to say really fast. I had a roommate in college who had never swept a floor. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I, I, I can't. Like, are you I kidding can't. me? I, I, oh, Brad's yeah. got really good stories about roommates in college. Yeah. And he's older than all of us. He's Look, Can we get back to teaching SJ. these kids some life skills, please? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, but that's my boys. My boys can do their laundry. They yeah. can do, they know how to clean the house. They know how to, you know, there's, there's lots of things like that, that they can, they can function on their own once they leave the house, which mm-hmm. will be happening very soon in the fall when Scott goes to college. You keep bringing it up. She still, said it. Deep breath. Deep I did. breath. I said it. I said, I, if I keep saying it, I'll accept it. Nice. <laughs> So no, it's, it's been good. And there are still holes. My boys are not perfect, but I am very, very proud of them. Yeah. And I, I I cannot necessarily take the credit for it because they take it upon themselves to learn these things too. They see where there is a need in our house or when they need to learn something and they show initiative to do it also. Mm -hmm. Not all the time, (laughs) but there are instances where that happens. And, um, I, I come, I, congratulate them. I, I acknowledge that, mm-hmm. that they, uh, take it upon themselves to do those things. Um, yeah. So it's, I don't know what it's like to be Scott and Tyler. Mm-hmm. I do not have a neurodivergent sibling. Right. So I am only observing this as a parent. Mm-hmm. So that is something that also we have to kind of keep in mind. 
my experiences are through the lens of being everyone's mother. Um, and so it's, I'm very, very interested to see as they do leave, as they get older over these next few years and they go off to college and come back or whatever, what holes and what thing, what experiences and what things they are going to have their eyes opened to Mm -hmm. because our home has had to function on a different level Mm -hmm. than most homes do. It just to accommodate what Austin and Ruby, um, we have to do things differently. And I'm very, very interested to see how they come back and forth between semesters and, and, and how they form and make their own homes and their own lives someday. It's going to be fascinating and probably hard to see and wonderful. Oh, all those, all those emotions together. You have a I'm wonderful sure. family and you have done a great job, mom. Mm-hmm. You're still doing I, a very I, superb yeah. job. Yeah. I was going to mention that, um, you know, going back to that balance buzzword, um, you've done a really good job because you are tied up with Austin a lot. You are in your van. He requires a lot. 24 hour supervision. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you've done a good job. I feel like from what I've seen over the last year and a half, uh, year, year and a half, how long have we been all hanging out? Um, anyways, year. one year, that- <laughs> 46 hanging days. out, just hanging out on the empty. Just- <laughs> Sponsor. Hashtag. What was I even going to say? Sponsors. <laughs> That I'm doing a good job. Keep complimenting me. Go, go. <laughs> is, that, is that you 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 take that time to that individual time with with each of them, whether it's, you know, Tyler and Scott together or, you know, Ruby by herself. Yeah. Um, you do that. And 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 same thing with Doug. And and that's good because we, you know, we we do have to carve out that specific time, you know, so that they can have some quote unquote normalcy. I don't like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to use that word, but you know what I'm trying to say yeah, when I you know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. Um, I, yeah. And, and were... th- that is something that does happen too, is Scott and Tyler kind of get lumped together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ruby and Austin can be lumped together, but not very often. Mm-hmm. It's almost mm-hmm. like I have to parent three different ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to parent Scott and Tyler different too, because they have very different personalities. personalities yeah. But, but they, and they don't mind. They have a really good relationship. So, um, and I think they've they've learned to to grow that relationship together. They share a room. Um, they've always shared a room, and so it they there's some camaraderie and some some bond that they have because they are the neurotypical ones, and they do have similar responsibilities, and they are in charge of Austin and Ruby at times together and apart. So, but but yeah, they get kind of lumped together. I parent them one way, you know, mm-hmm. to keep it simple. Um, and then, and then Austin gets parented and then Ruby gets parented. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, yeah, it's switching back and forth. That's, that's a, that's a mom skill that Mm -hmm. we all learn. And if you don't know what that is yet, you're going to learn it. It's switching back and forth for being different kinds of moms for different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, it's a lot. And, and also you had the three boys, you know, they were all very close in age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so rearing them all together like that. And also then when Austin's therapy started and had that intensity, like that already started to take shape. So like when you were even talking about like, we're, you have to go do these things because we're dealing with a meltdown right now. I have such guilt about that all the time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Even a way I handle it. I don't always handle it the right way with McKenna. I'm like, we don't, I'm very short. I'm very terse. I'll, I'll be like, you know what? I can't do this right now. 
your yeah. brother's having a meltdown. We have to stop what we're doing and I need to give him our full attention. And yes. like, I, I hate that I have to respond like that, but a lot of that response is like my own that anxiety. Quick, yeah. And, and I'm like, and I, I just want to help work through this because sometimes I don't know. It's that we don't know if this meltdown is going to be, you know, five minutes or, mm-hmm. you know, hours long for the rest and, of the night. And, yeah. And, and, and how it will escalate, right? Like mm-hmm. once you, you don't know, and uh, you know, and I know the meltdown is horrible for the child, right? Like it's horrible for our child experiencing the meltdown, but as us as parents, like that ha- has an impact. Well, that meltdown has impact on my daughter too. And I do yeah. see how that is. It has required her to grow up a little bit faster. And I remember that realization happening or coming over me, you know, when Rory got diagnosed going like, this is not the life I wanted for her, right? Like this isn't what I didn't want her to have this level of adversity right out of the gate. Like I felt like I was going to be robbing her of something, right? But it's also enriched her life in many ways. Um, so can I ask really before? quickly, Jean, oh, can I just ask yeah. like in, in that situation and now that you've obviously noticed sometimes when those patterns happen and, and you're in, you know, fight or flight mode and your response to McKenna, what do you, do you go back now and, and have conversations with her and, you know, like I'm a Jesus lover, so I'm always <laughs> asking for forgiveness, you know, to above both my kids, but, but Sloan specifically, um, do yeah, you go I back do. and have those sit down do. conversations? And yeah, w- yeah. I mean, I you know, like what's McKenna's response not, to that? Not, not always. I don't always, not every single circumstance, but most of the time I am, I will, if it's not a full conversation, I at least apologize to her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and reassure her and tell her I love her. And I'll tell her, I didn't mean to do that. Or I'm going to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to do better. better. Um, and I think those are really important for us as parents to do that, being like, we're not perfect and you're not going to be perfect. And that's how we mend those situations. Not so much, you know, how, how they occurred. And, um, you know, on her own levels of explaining, like we talked about, you were talking about this a little bit about how our young, our girls are Sloan and, and McKenna and how, what really the depth of their understanding of their, of their, of their brother's condition is right. And, um, in her own way, in her own child appropriate way, I'm very proud of her. There's been times where I've heard her explain to her friends, he has a different brain than us. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he's not trying to make you upset or mad. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand that that upsets you. Um, and I was so proud of those moments when I hear that because I didn't necessarily tell her exactly how to say that there's just been different opportunities where we've talked about, you know, Rory's brain being different. And fortunately she's had some teachers that have talked about, um, other kids neurodivergent brains and inside of their classroom. So she has a way more self-awareness at six years old that I had. Like, I like really try that on. Like I didn't, that wasn't even on my radar, you know, that I didn't even know anything about that. I didn't even suspect. In fact, I probably felt weird and different and odd. I felt weird, different and odd because this was the, in the eighties, that's when like divorce, like became more prominent, um, in our society. And I felt like such an oddball. I had divorced parents and that was Mm -hmm. to me, that was like one of the biggest pieces of adversity in childhood development 
but now there's so much more now. There's there's yeah. so much more and our kids today are exposed to so much more for the better, I do think. Um, yeah. Well, and so. that's the common theme among all four of us is that none of us have siblings that are, you know, neurodiverse. So um, our our way of parenting, you know, these these two separate um, brains is is a whole new ball game for us. You know what I mean? Because we didn't we weren't the people that grew up with a a sibling that was you know, some form of special needs or, or autistics specifically. So, um, it's all learning, <laughs> you know, learning for us and learning how to teach them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shannon, we've mentioned um, it before. Oh, oh. oh. Shannon, no, go ahead. Still there. Yeah, I'm here. I wanted to make sure that our families do know, because a lot of people didn't know. I know I didn't know about it until maybe like two years in is that there are sib shops. Um, there's shops for siblings so like they can have their own kind of support groups Mm -hmm. and be around other peers that have siblings with disabilities that they can kind of like turn to and have that sense of camaraderie with and like you know Brittany's kind of has a Skylar and Skylar Scott and Tyler they're lumped together you lump them together anyway that's their new name (laughs) (laughs) I've just decided I've just decided. Um, well, Scott and Tyler have their own built-in sieve shop, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. But it is really, it's, it can be really helpful and super important to have, have that camaraderie and have that space because they're not, they're not experiencing something that the rest of the other typical peers are experiencing. It's just not even in their like you know, framework. Like even when Rory, yeah. anybody in like Rory's, class or whatever. I'm like, Hey, do you want to go like have a play date? I'm like, he's got therapy, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like we gotta, we gotta go, you know, um, we love, and I can't tell you how many times I'm like, well, you can be a part of therapy. And it just seems like they want nothing to do with it. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know when you think we're going to have a play date. Cause I have like yeah. only two or three days in my schedule that could, that could maybe work. And that's right. probably not going to work for you. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, that, anyway. that, that is definitely a, um, that is one of the struggles for us, uh, you know, with Jack and Sloan being so close in age, um, them both being in the same elementary school now, um, that there's constantly that, that play date aspect, you know, where Sloan wants to go, um, after school and have a play date with somebody, but, and, 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 and I'm comfortable, you know, for the most part, letting her go places, you know, to up to another child's house. Um, but even just going, meeting people at the park, you know what I mean? It's, it's that having to explain, you know, I have a husband who's a first responder and he's not home. It's like, I can't just take Jack home and, and, and let him be with his dad, you know, like Jack has to come along, um, or (laughs) vice versa, the situation of, I can't just drop Jack off at somebody's house to have a play date. You know, like I have to be involved or Tyler has to be involved. So if Tyler is gone, Sloan has to come along too. So it's, it's that constant, um, like twins almost you guys, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they're, 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 you know, like it's, that's how my sister and I grew up, you know, and, and, um, I, I want to be able to really separate them, but sometimes it's just not, 
they're, they're just lumped together, you know? So like, I feel so grateful. And that's the phase that you're in right now. And that's going to change. It'll change. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to change, but it's been that way for a while now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we, it, it will. I mean, we have a, a good late elementary good friend that's um, in in Sloan's class, and and she's her and Sloan are buddies, and and she's autistic, and I've become good friends with um, the mom, and so the playdates are. <laughs> that's always that's like a a weekly playdate because. Jack and Sloan, all, you know, they the three of them all get along and they play together and they play separate and her and I can sit and chat and it's, but that dynamic doesn't happen all the time for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. so, but I, but I am so grateful for that, you know. Yeah. Okay, Shannon, I wanted to ask you about Maya. I want you to share about our sweet, sweet little Maya. I can do that. Um, so, you know, Maya was nine and a half when Gracie was born, and then we didn't have Gracie's diagnosis until she was about two years old. So I don't feel like our life was very different until the diagnosis than it would be for any family. Um, one thing that we have always tried to do with Maya is have very, very open communication with her about how it's okay to talk about how this life can be hard and not fair. And yeah. We do that because this life is not always easy or fair for us as parents either. And we want her to be able to be able to voice, you know, and have someone that she can talk to when it does start to become like all encompassing or overwhelming or frustrating. And we have had, um, you know, in certain periods of Maya's life, we have actually hooked her up with a counselor. And we did that because we just wanted her to have like, a third party, a disinterested third party <laughs> who yeah. wouldn't get their feelings hurt if she showed up and needed to vent for an hour at a time and who Maya could feel completely comfortable with talking about this with without feeling like she was going to hurt our feelings. Yes, because she is that girl. She, Maya, yeah, Maya is a firstborn and she is a caregiver and mm-hmm. she is an empath. And yes. um, so she has a lot of guilt associated, you know, with with feelings that that are like that. And so that's worked out really well for our family. Um, and we talk to Maya about when things are hard for us also, right? Because we want her to feel comfortable discussing that. Um, Maya is the best big sister. Like, she's a godsend. Like, truly, she really is. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say she doesn't get frustrated with Gracie. It's not to say that we don't have times where, you know, she, I'm sure, just wants to get the heck out of this house and never come back again. You know, like, I'm sure, I'm sure she has her moments. <laughs> um, But, you know, one thing that I feel like we have to be careful with with Maya is Maya will get to a period where um, if I'm frustrated with what's going on, Maya will try to take care of me mm, um, yeah. mm-hmm. and try to make me feel better. And that is not my boys. do that Yeah. Too. And that is not her job. Right. As a 16 year old. And it should not be her yeah. job as a 16 year old. But I will say that those things have helped turn her into the amazing human being that she is right now. She wouldn't be where she is right now if she didn't live the life that she has lived for the last six and a half years. And she is much more open to differences in people. And she is much less judgmental about people who Mm -hmm. are different than her. And she is now willing to have those conversations with her peers. Um, 
And it's really changed the way that she has looked at the world in a very, very good way. So while I think a lot of the time the life that we live is not fair for the siblings, I think that it also has a positive in that it's turning them into amazing human beings. And Mm -hmm. these are the world changers. Like these siblings that we're raising alongside, you know, are autistic kids or neurodivergent kids, these are the kids that are going to change things. Like they really truly are. And they're empathic and they're understanding and they're wise beyond their years. And it makes me sad sometimes um, thinking about the fact that at some point in our life, Jay and I will not be around and Gracie will likely fall on Maya. And that's a lot to think about. Um, But she is just the best like she really Mm -hmm. is just the best for gracie i want to second kind of piggyback on what you were saying shannon that um about you know there's lots of negatives there's lots of hard things that these siblings have to go through and they they miss out on things or whatever it is but um the level of compassion and empathy and kindness that can come from living this life and having having a sibling that needs a lot mm-hmm. needs a lot of attention and time and and care um i i could not be more proud of my boys and who they are as young men um so far and i i i cannot take credit for that because they didn't have they can they could have chosen not to mm-hmm. you know to to be happy about it or to to choose to be who they are um given the circumstances, but, uh, they really have, um, they are very, very kind to others and with others that have, have different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally they'll come home and they'll tell me of stories of how they've helped someone, um, or they've noticed somebody that's maybe acting a little differently, um, you know, whether they have autism or not. And they, they understand, mm-hmm. they understand on a level that, many of us, you know, never did growing up. So, right. yeah. 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 And Maya, it's, yeah. it's really helped Maya realize, like, she looks at Gracie and she realizes that Gracie doesn't act like a typical six and a half year old. Um, right. Yeah. But right. I think it's, it's also made her realize, like, Gracie may not act like a typical six and a half year old, but like, there's so many things about Gracie. Gracie's funny and she's silly and she's smart. And it's really helped her to be able to look at people who are not like her and look for mm-hmm. the strengths and look for the mm-hmm. positives yeah. in them because she's been able to see that, you know, in Gracie. And yeah, yeah. And, you know, these kids are just, I don't know. I, I don't think like any of us asked for this life that we're, that right. we're given, but inside of this life, there are so many blessings to be found if you yeah. are open to looking for them. Um, yeah. and every day I see the two of those, to, the two of those girls together or like at bedtime every night, we'll say, go give Maya hugs, you know, and Gracie mm-hmm. run over to Maya and throw mm-hmm. her arms around, um, around her. And like, yeah, it's just those moments, right. Where you're just like, you know, this isn't what I asked for, but this is exactly how it's meant to be. Like, yeah, like it's yeah. those moments, you know, I agree. It's, it's even impacted my my boys and their their future career paths and right. possibilities i mean we don't know what they're going to do but their interests right now 
Um, Scott's very, very interested, even though it's not directly related to our family, but he's very, very interested in ASL Mm -hmm. and he's looking into some possible career options with that. And Tyler, he's only 14. A lot can happen. But right now he wants to be a special ed teacher. Yeah. He just... And and I'm not saying that if your kids don't choose those things that like, oh, you didn't do a good job. Like, right, yeah. right, right. that's not what this is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's just because I don't think they would have thought of those things if, if it wasn't for their our family. Life like, situation. They just wouldn't yeah. have even. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's McKenna funny. wants to be a teacher. Yeah. McKenna wants to be a teacher. And I often watch her when she's playing with her dolls where she's playing teacher. She's mainly playing also therapist. She'll do <laughs> yeah. lots of like, Cute. she's doing the ABA positive with reinf- mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Positive reinforcement or like practicing speech and practicing reading and or practicing like fine motor things. And then she's like, at, and gives, has a reward. System. Like she's just, she's modeling. She, she she's picks up on it and it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she's like, oh, I want to be a teacher. And she tells everybody that. And I, I actually want to keep fostering that. I know it's not a very lucrative <laughs> or ideal job to be in anymore, but I do know that we still, it's still a need and mm-hmm. we're still going to have people who there's future generations to come that need to be educated. And also that are going to, if, if, you know, they have higher needs and she, you know, they, that's going to be a skill set that is carried with her forever, like mm-hmm. forever. It is. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, well, it's, and it's funny. Oh, sorry, Tosh. No, go ahead, Shan. Well, it's funny because people will see Maya and how great she is with Gracie and they will tell her like, oh, you need to go into special education or like you need to be a speech mm-hmm. therapist or like you would be so good at all of these things. And I will pull her aside after that conversation and I will tell her. Or mm-hmm. you could do literally nothing to do with special needs because special needs is yep. your life right now. So right. you yep. need to right. understand that even though you have this capacity to be so amazing right. in this area, you don't have to do this. Like this you is are not your, required. Yes, it's this, is your, this is your everyday life. life. Yeah. yeah. And maybe when you go to work, you don't want to do this and you don't mm-hmm. need to feel guilt about not wanting to do this day after day just because it's something that you're really great at. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting dynamic that these kids, the li- you know, the lives they lead. It is. Yeah. But but, you know, much like we all said, it's the these are the kids that change the future. Right. These yes. are the kids that um, that are going to change the way that inclusion actually looks and is, you know, in 10, 20, 30 years from now. Um, yeah. And and not just them, but the but the people that are close in their lives, you know, mm-hmm. um, Maya's boyfriend or, you know, the, the, any of the, the boys' friends, um, you know, that that's when I think of that, I think of Tyler and his story with his girlfriend and, and Michael her, and Michael, his, her autistic brother. And, right. um, you know, Tyler could have never thought that he would ever maybe, you know, meet another autistic person again, but it, it, it changed his views, you know, and, and it changed, the way that he looked at things when, when later in life, he ended up having a child who was, who is autistic, you know? So, um, it is a beautiful thing. It's a hard and beautiful combined situation. So I want one last little thing. I want best advice for, um, our listeners out there who are 
kind of in it right now with the diagnosis and and maybe having other siblings or um maybe trying to make the decision if they if they bring you know um more children into the world of because of of the dynamic of you know mm-hmm. how that will look with you know caring for their other their autistic child so what what are your thoughts on that ladies <sighs> well i would say you do have to, I, I think this is advice for even if you have all neurotypical children, mm-hmm. you do have to parent them differently. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for kids. I remember growing up and my parents would parent myself and my brother who was closest in age to me differently. And at the time, I found that very unfair <laughs> and I didn't understand. And I, I took very a lot of personal offense <laughs> to how things were unfair. And that's, that's you know, that's, yes. that's a personality <laughs> type thing with me. I've got, I've got fairness issues and justice issues. Once again, you know, ding, ding, therapy, therapy for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so there's that, but, uh, uh, but you, you just do, you mm-hmm. have to just like inter- every interaction with any individual that you have, mm-hmm. uh, it, you're going to be different with with every person because you're accommodating not only your own feelings towards them, but their feelings towards you, et cetera. So that's how it is with with kids. And um, it's, it's even more acute and maybe more um, – it's just more obvious and more needed with, when you add in that diversity, that neurodiversity. Mm-hmm. So um, there's that aspect. And then – I would say it's cliche and and people say things like this all the time, but it really, really is true that you need to give yourself grace and space to learn how to parent differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not you're not going to have all the answers right away, and you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It really is. I have made so many mistakes with my boys. And even hearing you guys talk about your children and how you're parenting them, I hear things and I'm just like, man, I wish I would have done that. Or man, I, oh yeah, I, I really screwed that one up or whatever. <laughs> it happens. But but it's it's more about the overall picture as opposed to certain scenarios or a bad day or a bad week or even a bad phase mm-hmm. you know, of, mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm where maybe your relationship isn't the strongest or you haven't quite figured out how to communicate with this child about this particular subject. Like if you keep trying in the end, it's all, it really is all going to kind of wash out. And to sum all this up, they are a person too. Mm -hmm. And just because they may make unwise decisions or maybe not handle a situation with their neurodivergent sibling in a correct way or they they get upset or they seem resentful or whatever it is that's not necessarily all on you as a parent so you need to give yourself some grace there too they can make they are autonomous beings and they have choices too and things that they are accountable for in their lives yes. and so just you have to just kind of keep that all in mind especially when those hard times come and you're having sibling issues. Um, yes, you, you can, you can help and you can, um, you can try to be a mentor or a, a, a mediator is what I meant, a mediator in between them or, you know, try to try to help parent. But in the end, you know, 
it, it is their choices too. Mm-hmm. It is, it's mm-hmm. not just all on you, mama. It's mm-hmm. not. Yep. Amen. And that's the end of my therapy session with yes. Brittany. There you go. <laughs> you ther- you therapied yourself through that. You did. Yeah, I did. Good job, me. Good job, Brittany. <laughs> Patting myself on the back right now. Okay. Someone else go. <laughs> um, that was all for me, by the way. I was like talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Reassuring. You've been reassuring yourself. Yes, yes I have. Oh been. my God. Well, I think Shani, me, what about yeah? I, I just think for me, the best thing that we have done for Maya is openly and honestly talked about it as a family. Um, never in front of Gracie ever, because we would never want to talk about Gracie with her in the room, right? Right. Um and just giving her a place where she feels safe to talk about it being hard. And it's okay. It's okay that it is hard. And having those open conversations, I think, really has just been, it's been game-changing for our family. And I think by uh, by doing that, like, it's given us almost like a, like a, we're in this together. We're a team, right? We can talk mm-hmm. about it. We can talk about the good stuff. We can talk about the bad stuff. But, like, we're handling this as a team, and mm-hmm. instead I of that, that's I, such a I, good way to approach is. it. Yeah. Yes. Instead of us yeah. kind of all working against each other in this like family dynamic, it, it gives us a different way to approach things. Yep. Yep. I love, love it. I think Brittany's advice was pretty solid in that not every, they are autonomous beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Honestly, I mean, until the new cats that we had, I mean, McKenna was basically, (laughs) you know, uh, McKenna was Rory's emotional support person. There's not any world one in the world that would calm him down or give him ease, you know, just hanging out, sitting next to his sister and hugging her and kissing her. He's so affectionate with her. They're so affectionate with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that, you know, I never, I never expected that, you know, and they still spat like other uh, typical siblings can, but like, I don't know, they just have a special bond and Mm -hmm. just being, it's really kind of blown my mind. It's a really beautiful thing to witness. And a lot of people, it touches a lot of people when they see it, when they see Mm -hmm the way they are with each other, not just the way she treats him, but the way he is with her. Mm -hmm. Like there is this symbiotic relationship there. And, um, I love it. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that they have each other. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it otherwise. So Mm -hmm. are we, um, are you, do you, do you have advice, Tosh? What's your oh, advice? Oh, I, I mean, just very, very similar. Having, you know, making the choice to have another child, um, if anybody's in that boat right now, that is, it's completely personal and, you know, you have to do what's right for your family. But what I will say is much like Eugene and, and all of you, um, each of us, watching Jack and Sloan, their dynamic and their you know, love for each other. Yes, they fight like cats and dogs, you know, I mean, literally physically and, and emotionally and, and all of the above, but their, their love and their protection for one another is like nothing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides like my twin and I who are, you know, 
twins are anomalies. We're, we're a, of a different breed, but, um, yeah, it's an, it's incredible, you know, and, and he is just as fierce of a protector and advocate for her as, as she is for him. Um, Same. and it's a beautiful thing to watch her, you know, share with the world, um, already at six years old and, and be that advocate for not just Jack, but for, you know, autistic kids in her class. And, um, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. These mm-hmm. neurotypical children, teenagers, adults, you know, um, that have diverse siblings, it's, they're incredible humans, you know? Um, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to watch for sure. So anyways, I don't know if that was advice, but I'm just <laughs> summing it up with some rainbows and sunshine and cupcakes. We'll do are we going to do a, a yes. peak, peak of the week? Oh, Shannon's doing it now. Peak I'm throwing in some beat. I'm throwing a beat down for you. Can you <laughs> I think every time we do it, we have to come up with a different jingle. I love this. Well, that's good because we'll never we'll never remember the one we did the week before, so it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> okay, everybody, we are doing the peak of the week. So yeah, who wants yeah. to go first? Mm. somebody <laughs> i'll go i'll go first obviously um, nobody's had a good week <laughs> clearly clearly I, I already gave you one um so okay, coming off a hard day my, okay we'll yeah. give you some grace Jean. Okay. all right my peak of the week is i came upstairs yesterday and i sat my happy butt down on the couch to relax and gracie popped up off the couch and ran her little hiney into the bathroom and tinkled and, you know, did her thing and came back to the couch. And I sat there for a moment and I just was like, you know, it is not lost on me that six months ago, I never thought that would happen. Like, Boom. never thought that would happen. Yeah. Amen, girl. You we remember very clearly. Oh, man. Yes. I bet. That was like, did you, you give know, her some, just some lovey loves? <laughs> well, no, because now it's expected. <laughs> I'm done. Well, I'm done bribing. I'm done bribing PPs now. But, but you looked no, at her and you just thought, I just love yes, that. Yes. Yes. Like, like I underestimated you again because here you are. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it is not, it's not lost on me. So. I love it. Awesome. I, uh, Ruby came home from school yesterday and she's doing her normal routine. She, you know, puts her stuff away and she gets her bowl of popcorn and she's going to watch a show. That's what she does when she gets home from school. <laughs> and, you know, she's having a little little me time, little decompression time. Self-care. And, um, self-care. Yeah, self-care. self-care. <laughs> and, uh, and all of a sudden she just turns to me and she voluntarily initiated a conversation about what happened at school <gasps> that day. Wow. I love uh, it. She doesn't necessarily do that, but she said, there was a fire drill today and I put on my headphones. Oh, and then she okay. told I was like, that's Sweet amazing. Girl. That's so good. I'm glad you put on your headphones. And then I followed up with questions because positive reinforcement, we're going yeah. to encourage this, right? And so I asked her, you know, okay, so you put on your headphones. That's great. And was it, did the headphones help? Did it make the noise you know, quieter. She goes, yeah, I, I like my headphones. Mm. It's like, that's great. And she goes, and then we went outside and I played tag with my friend. And while we waited until, until the bell rang and then we went back inside, you know, she, she told it a little bit more 
you know, chopped up, but I'm, I'm summing it up. So she talked about, she put on her headphones, she went outside, she made it through the fire drill fine. It wasn't overwhelming for her. And then she just like played with one of her peers out in the grass. And she told me that they played princesses and she told me which princess each of them were and that they played tag. I was just like, wow, it It was a lot of information that she Mm -hmm. gave me. Normally I get, how was school? Fine. Yep. You know, (laughs) Yep. good. Yep. What did you do today? Math. You know, it's like that. Recess. So lunch. Yeah. I don't get anything. (laughs) So not only did she tell me a lot, but she she started the conversation. She Mm -hmm. initiated it. So that's huge. That's a peak for me. Yes. I love it. Here's, here's our peak. Um, (laughs) Rory, when the iPad used to die, that used to be the scariest thing that could happen because (laughs) the meltdown that would happen after that. Now, like even what, especially used to be scarier in the car. If the iPad died while we were in the car, I mean, like I was scared to be in traffic. Um, but we were, I forget where we were coming. I think we're coming back from his friend's birthday party. And he was like, oh no, my iPad died. He says this really, he has this like, he's a script, like the way he says it. Oh no, iPad died. I need charger. And I just looked at Brad and I was like, you know, it was sort of like that same kind of moment Shannon was having. Like, remember when, like, that was one of the most meltdown, Mm -hmm. like he did, like, he knows now how to remedy and resolve this on his own. Like, yes, he has a a moment of acknowledgement of it, but he doesn't lose his mind over it. And he redirects himself. Like, Wow. Huge. Yeah. Like, that is mm-hmm. huge. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that again, it's um, that using that language and, 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 and self regulating, you know? Yeah. Like it's not even, well, he's that to me is like reception, like whether he had the language or not, whether he used the language or not. Right. It's like the language part of the receptive part, like to really cognitively understand that, like, mm-hmm. and not cause he still like, you know, when he, you know, he'll struggle with like the certain fast food thing he wants is closed or not open or broken, mm-hmm. you know, McDonald's milkshake machines. I think someone said, you know, if I was a billionaire, I'd buy, if I was Tesla or sorry, Elon Musk, I would buy all the McDonald's and, and fix all the milkshake machines. <laughs> They're always broken. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you this was know a thing. What, you know why that is a thing? Because they don't want to clean them. No, <laughs> there's they there's only one person, one contractor that knows how to fix them. So they have to wait mm. on like a waiting list for someone who is authorized from that particular contractor. So it's in court, like it's a lawsuit. Other Seems franchise bizarre. owners, yeah, but it is a thing. The mil- that's why they're always you. broken. It takes them forever. <laughs> Like it's not a good thing. I'm. I like you. Do know my son is autistic. Please you offer need your own milkshake Can you please machine. Tell me, you know, you because you can. I think you can figure it out on the app, like the McDonald's app. It'll ping the ones. Oh, you my think Lord. I'm kidding? These are I things do, that I we've had not. to do. I'm we've had feeling to do this. them. <laughs> it's intense. Milkshakes are serious um, business. I will they say too that you guys, Jean, just turned forty on. Um, Oh, girl. This last Sunday. And um, that is a peak mm-hmm. because look at her. Look at her. Boom. She oh, is look rocking at me. the <laughs> 40s. Is 40, baby. 40 and look fabulous. 
That's very okay. kind. I like it. Thank you. Happy Thank birthday, you. Jean. Happy Thank birthday, you. Jean. Um, okay, you guys. So uh, don't forget to like and follow. Um, always give us a five-star review because we're just that likable. And <laughs> <Always>. it also <laughs> it always helps us to uh, stay what I was going to say at the top. I, that sounds horrible. <laughs> well, it helps we don't need to find it. other mamas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When, it when helps. someone does a search, yes. it pops up. When somebody types in autism, yeah. we pop up. So please, please, please give us that review. <laughs> and don't, don't forget <laughs> to follow us on um, our Instagram platform at Moms Talk Autism and share with us what your peak of the week was. All right, guys. Woohoo. Say goodbye. Bye, guys. Till next time. Cheers.